do the people of California have Stockholm Syndrome? Do they really have anyone to blame for people leaving the state in droves outside of themselves? We'll discuss that and more on The Theological Patriot. Even though I don't live in California, I have friends that do, family that has, and as I watch this once beautiful state and see pictures of what happens when one party rules a state, you see the debauchery and the stupidity of those politicians. And this became even more evident when Governor Newsom decided to play a mini dictator and shut down the state and mandate masks and tell businesses that they have to close down unless you're his business and you have to wear masks unless you're his friends or his co-workers, or his people of influence. If you're one of those privileged few, or if you're a celebrity, you have an exemption. You have no reason to be to have rules like us common folks. where you have rules and mandates for everybody else except for you because you're a politician and you can do whatever you want because there is zero accountability in California. That if people want to see what socialism is like, to see what happens when the government does whatever it wants. You look at California where you have homeless people everywhere where it has become so expensive to live, to buy a house that there are, there are people that are literally leaving the state in droves because it is too expensive to live there. That the average cost of a house is over $800,000. But yet people stay. If you want to see what it's like to have Stockholm Syndrome, where a politician does whatever they want, makes rules for you, and you comply without a second thought. If you want to see a socialist utopia, look at California. Literally, it is on fire. And there is a king that sits upon his throne that is not questioned, 
but is praised for his stupidity. He is not a smart man. It does not take a smart person to be a politician. It used to be that we wanted the smartest and the brightest to be politicians, that we look at our founders and we see men who were well-read, men who knew multiple languages, men who knew history, men who were military geniuses. But then you look at many politicians today. You look at former Vice President Joe Biden and you have to think the world is just laughing at us. That we could elect somebody that if given a mental health test would fail miserably and it is evident day after day that it used to be funny to watch him do press conferences because we knew something kooky was going to pop out of his mouth and he was the creepy old guy that would smell children and touch them inappropriately. But now it's just sad and it's infuriating that we have fallen from so high with geniuses like George Washington, John Adams, Abraham Lincoln, to former Vice President Joe Biden. who openly will say it's not about your freedom. Well, yeah, it is. You can pretend you can tell me what to do, but you can't. The government can pretend that it can tell us what to do, but they can't. They don't have any true power over us. That the only power that the government has is what you're willing to give them. And as becoming, what's becoming more and more evident is people are more than happy to give up their freedoms to feel comfortable. They don't want to work hard. They want to be lazy. They want to get government handouts. So we see this. all over the country. When you go into a restaurant and they say, please be patient with us, we're short-staffed. That that's a socialist dream. That there would be a shortage of workers because people are sitting at home being lazy, taking free money from the government, which in all reality is not free government, free money from the government, it's just tax money that the government's wasting, which is 90% of what the government does is waste money, that you can't tell me 
a government program in the last few decades that has worked. Social Security running out of money. Anything, literally anything that comes out of the government. It's a complete failure. The federal government is a joke. That we don't have the smartest and the brightest. The old saying used to be, those who can't teach. Now it's become those who can't become a politician. Because these people are so ridiculous that if they weren't politicians, they would probably be homeless people. They'd probably be bums. Some of them would probably be raging alcoholics stuck at home. That it is pathetic who we have in office. And this was reinforced with the failed recall of Governor Gavin Newsom that the people of California said, it's okay if you regulate us. It's okay if you do whatever you want. We're not going to hold you accountable. We don't really like our freedoms. I like being told what to do. I want to be a peasant under King Newsom. I don't really care if the state is literally on fire. That the government is holding people captive. And they're okay with that. They love it. That It just astounds me how people can be so trusting of a government that takes and wastes so much that is completely incoherent that will say one thing and then within a day, a week, will say something completely different. That they will say they follow the science with covid that they will say that if you if you get a vaccine everything's going to be hunky dory but the science doesn't always prove that now i'm not pro vaccine or i'm not anti vaccine if you want to get the COVID vaccine, go for it. I've had it, no side effects. But with everything, science is not perfect. Science can, scientists can make mistakes. That viruses have a lot of different things where you could get a flu shot, but you may have a different strain. 
that when they come up with these vaccines, they do it with the most broad strain possible to try to help the most people. That there are those rare cases where people will get the flu even after they've had their flu shot. That does happen. That is sad. But that doesn't mean flu shots or vaccines don't work. If you want to get the vaccine, go for it. If you don't want to, that's your choice. If you get sick, that's your choice. I'm not one to mandate vaccines that don't have a proven record. But other vaccines that kids get, the polio vaccine, the MMR, those vaccines work. They are proven. That's why I think that kids should get those, because they are proven. But this new vaccine, I'll get it. I've gotten it. I haven't had any side effects, but I'm not going to say like the anchors on CNN, if you don't get it, well, then you shouldn't be able to go outside. You shouldn't be able to get groceries. I think that you should have the freedom to make that choice. If you want to wear a mask, go for it. Don't tell me I have to. That if it's a private business, sure, you have that right. Just like you have the right to put a sign that says, no shirt, no shoes, no service. You have that right. If I want to enter into your establishment to use your services, sure, you have that right but I also have the right not to enter your establishment. And that's the beauty of our country. Is we have freedom. We have freedom of choice. That the government doesn't regulate every day of my life. They can pretend that they tell me what to do, but I don't really care what they say. That I can make the choice to listen to them or to say that's a bunch of garbage, which again is 90% of what they do. It's just garbage. But how, how do we approach this as Christians? This is one of those things where you find people that will pull out Romans 13 as, as a trump card. Well, the government says we have to do it. True. But whenever you look at Romans 13, 
talking about obeying the government. There's a way that you can obey the government without contradicting what God has commanded. That Hitler was the government, but Hitler also said, we're going to kill the Jews. Which is, which is the one that you should listen to? The person that says we're going to murder these people? Or the scriptures that say you're not supposed to murder, you shall not murder. You should think of others more highly than yourself. Who are you going to listen to in that instance? Yes, that's an extreme instance, but that, when you think about it, it wasn't that long ago. When the government says that abortion is okay, but science says that it is a distinct life at six weeks. Whenever there's a heartbeat, it is a distinct life that the mother doesn't have two heartbeats. The mother doesn't have two DNA strands. It is a distinct human being. But the scripture tells us that God's the one that knit us together in our mother's womb. That when Mary goes to see Elizabeth, the baby jumps in her womb. Again, we shall not murder. But who's the one we're supposed to listen to? The government that says it's okay to murder a child within the womb? Or the scriptures that tell us the children are a gift from God? There are times that we are to listen to the government because God's the one that instituted governments to keep people safe, to uphold the rule of law. But when government begins to contradict the scriptures, that's when we can peacefully, and when I say peaceful, I don't mean the Democrats' definition of peaceful, which is burning down businesses and beating the snot out of people. That's not peaceful. And we can peacefully protest that the government can tell us we're going to do something we say no. That we can be like the apostles in the book of Acts, where we say, you tell us we're not going to you don't want us to preach the name of Jesus. That's not going to happen. You can throw us in prison, but we're still going to preach. That there are times where we are to follow the government. But there are also times where the government, when a corrupt government will contradict the scriptures, that we hold 
the scriptures higher than the decrees of man. Because whose approval are we trying to get? The approval of people that are given authority over us for just a little bit? Or for God who has authority over us through all eternity? Who would you rather listen to? That as Christians, we can show civil disobedience. We can truly peacefully protest. And not burn things down and beat up people because they have a different opinion than us. That's how the world is. We're not to be like the world in that way. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. We're not supposed to act like they do. That we are held to a higher standard. That we're not to just go with the flow and, oh, somebody's in the government and that's what they, that's what they say. So I'm going to do that. When you think about it, the worst thing the government can do is kill you. It's what they did with the apostles. It's what they did with Paul. It's what they did with Jesus. But one thing that we seem to forget with the spread of Christianity throughout the world is that it wasn't through peaceful times. It wasn't through going along to get along. That the blood of the martyrs is the foundation of the church. That's why you see Christians standing strong in places like Afghanistan, no matter the cost. That's why you see the church in China thriving, no matter what the government does to them. They're willing to stand strong, even if they get killed. Our faith will persevere, because our faith isn't based on the actions of one person. That our faith penetrates through the most hostile of people. That there are people that hate Christians and want us eradicated. There are times that we're going to see difficult days coming. We can already see the government overstepping their bounds. That we can already see them trying to regulate our lives. Tell us when we can have church and when we can't. That it's going to get worse. They're going to try to close churches down or take 
your tax exempt status, which honestly wouldn't be that terrible because some churches don't do the work that was given to them by the government, which is why they were given the tax exempt status in the first place. They don't do the work that the government does. And so a lot of churches should lose their tax exempt status, and that's okay. Whenever difficult times come, we may not celebrate them. We don't look for persecution. But when it comes, we know that we are ones that are counted worthy of it. Because we know that, the, that God has a special job for us. And that we pray that through our death, God will use that to spread his gospel. Because we know that the Lord gives special people that distinction to die for their faith. And if you're not martyred, you still have a job as well. Your job is to proclaim the gospel. That in some senses, you have the harder job. Dying for your faith up until the end can be hard. But once they kill you, then it's easy. The hard part is living for your faith up until your death. Not falling into the traps of this world. Battling. Standing firm in your faith no matter what. So difficult times will come. We know that this world's not our home. That while we're here, we have a job to do. We have a battle to fight. And I want to encourage you to fight that battle. No matter what. And don't put your faith in politicians. Who so regularly contradict themselves. Put your faith in Christ. Because he never changes. Put your faith in his word because it's the same. It doesn't change. I'm Jeff Rubidoux, and I'm the Theological Patriot.